Helping us all understand how we can make an environmental difference. This is KCLR's Ecological with Brian Redmond. Yes, you're very welcome along to this week's edition of Ecological. Just coming up on 15 minutes past 8 o'clock. It's Brian Redmond with you right the way through until 7. Well, coming up on the show this evening, it's all about sustainable travel and sustainable tourism. We'll be talking to Roisin Finley, GM of um, Sustainable Travel Ireland, along with um, Mary White from Blackstairs Eco Trails. And a little bit later on this hour, Mike Buchel from Kilkenny Eco Tours will be joining us to tell us all about the fabulous work that he does but sustainable travel green tourism eco-friendly leave no trace carbon footprints they're all the buzzwords that we're talking about this generation but what does it mean can we holiday in an ecological way this evening we take a look at ecotourism now, our first guest this evening, as I said, is from Sustainable Travel Ireland. Uh, Roisin Finley was formerly um, the, the editor of Outsider magazine, now working for Sustainable Travel Ireland, formerly known as Ecotourism Ireland. Um, they've been training, certifying and driving sustainable tourism in Ireland for the last 10 years as the only Irish certification body with criteria recognised by the Global Sustainable Tourism Council. They offer you a product that has the advantage of being both globally aligned and designed for the Irish tourism industry and to tell us all about the growth of sustainable travel here in Ireland I'm joined now by Roisin. Very welcome along to this evening's show Roisin, how are you? Yeah, no, you're very, very welcome along. So you obviously started out and would have been somebody who had a sustainable background from working in Outsider magazine. Um, but the growth, I suppose, of sustainable travel and the sustainable travel industry, both nationally and internationally, um, has really taken a big step forward in the last five to ten years, hasn't it? It has. I mean, I think, you know, in some ways it's taken a step forward, but there's a lot of work still to be done. But I think what's really um, uplifting is that everybody's talking about sustainability now, um, especially in tourism. We're realizing that it's so important for tourism to embrace us because otherwise, how can we justify tourism? How can we justify getting on a plane to go and visit somewhere or even traveling down the country if that product is not sustainable and if we're not contributing to the local communities that are hosting us in their homes essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tourism is a huge market for the Irish economy as a whole. Um, in terms of its value, the ecotourism sector, the sustainable tourism sector, how big is that in terms of the overall tourism market? It's probably still quite small, relatively speaking. It's, it's, it's very niche still, ecotourism, but I suppose one of the reasons we changed our name from Ecotourism Ireland to Sustainable Travel Ireland is that we don't want it to be a niche product anymore. We want sustainability to be in every tourism business. Now, there is, I suppose, there's a subtle difference between ecotourism and sustainable tourism, and they should both be equally important. We would typically see or consider ecotourism businesses as being very nature-based and very engaged with nature. But, you know, even the businesses that are not so obviously connected with nature should be thinking about nature and should be thinking about their environmental footprint and their impact on the communities that host them. So that's why we changed the name from Ecotourism Ireland to Sustainable Travel Ireland because we want to appeal to everyone from the tiny or or small niche ecotourism business right through the the medium-sized businesses and all the way up to the big hotel chains. Um, And they'll all have a different 
slightly different model, but they'll all look at the same things. So yeah. And how it, do they impact on the environment, but also on their communities? And that's a very important thing to understand, because as the that market grows globally, people who may be coming here to, to, to maybe go on some walking trails or go on an ecological type holiday, they're going to interact with other businesses. They're going to need transport. They're going to need hotel accommodation. They may even go to, to bars and restaurants and theatres, but if they're of the mindset where they want to do the whole trip as sustainably as possible... Well, they might start searching for the most sustainably run hotel in Kilkenny and Carlo. And that's where you guys come in in terms of offering training and advice to business of all sorts within the tourism sector. That's exactly it. We train and certify um, tourism businesses in sustainability and we, we can offer certification to accommodation providers, ecotourism businesses and tour operators. But we welcome anybody else in the in the sector to join us anyway and to avail of our training products because they're really applicable to every tourism business um, and we actually offer three months for free at the start to any business to join us um, and in that period they can get their sustainability policy written um, and get access to 20 plus free courses so it's, it's well worth joining even if it's only for that first three months and actually what we're finding is most businesses are staying yeah um, and it's going to be a big help in terms of, you know, post-COVID and the pandemic and as travel comes back online, I think people haven't engaged with their own local community and been more aware of just nature in general, I suppose, during the pandemic all over the world. There's going to be a lot more people who are going to be mindful of that type of stuff. And to get involved, you know, with you guys and get that global certification is a big, big, big step forward. But you talked about the training of the 20 different courses. What type of areas would you suggest that a business who might be involved in tourism look at first of all and foremost in terms of um, changing their their ethos about how they run their business? Well, I think the very, very first thing they should do is take a step back and probably form a green team. So if you're a very small business, it might only be one person or two people um, who, who make it their business to look at that kind of sustainability in the business. Um, and then the second step would be to write a policy and publish it. And that's where we can help. But Really, the reason for doing that is because it's really naming what your intent is. Yeah. And it's a bit like saying, I'm going to run the marathon. It's saying it publicly and declaring it. So that means you're, you're much more likely to stick to your aims if you write that policy. And then after that, it's, you know, the obvious things like your environmental footprint, like your energy waste and water, and you might pick one of those to work on first. Um, but I think to, to really get engaged with sustainable tourism, it's really important not to forget those community elements and the nature elements like biodiversity, like are you involved in, I don't know, maybe planting local or native Irish plants in your locality or on your site? Or are you in involved with a local charity maybe that's involved in doing that? Um, and then like looking at how do you engage with your community and are you supporting them? Because that's the bread and butter of Irish life is to in involve yourself with community. And it's, it's a really fulfilling part of sustainability and well worth focusing on it's just as important as your environmental footprint. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the hotels around the area uh, would probably be sort of doing that even if they weren't aware of it because if they've got a little green patch out the front, they're obviously just trying to make that initially look nice for the community, but it's appreciated within the community as well and that gives them that reach out. But you're talking about that word community. There is a real community of people who are very sustainably aware and very um, aware of biodiversity and if they have you know, people from abroad contacting 
asking them to say, we'd like to come and do this, we'd like to come and visit you. That connection that they might get through being involved with Sustainable Travel Ireland might lead to recommendations within within the tourism industry as a whole, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, what we, we really, really strongly encourage our members to network and to talk to each other and to share their, their, both their learnings and their failures. So, you know, if they've tried a particular initiative and it didn't work out for them and they learned something from it, to share it with our, within our community and beyond because sustainability, again, is all about collaboration. Um, so we would, we would massively recommend that, you know, for example, if they visited Mary in, um, in uh, the Eco Trail Centre there. Yeah, the Backstairs Eco Trail, yeah. would then recommend another business that she knows is particularly sustainable if they're moving down, on down to, say, Clare or up to Donegal, if she, you know, she knows about another business. So it makes sense for them to share knowledge about each other and with each other. And are you seeing a real growth within that sector of tourism in Ireland in terms of, you know, different accommodation offerings and different sort of activities and people can do? It must be a really large growth industry within the country as a whole. It, it, it is a growth industry, and I think, you know, it's not just for the, the overseas tourists coming in. I mean, I think Irish people or people based in Ireland have really reconnected with nature over the last two years, and a lot of businesses have sprung up to, to try and cater for that, yeah. um, which is absolutely lovely. And it's it's just important for them to, to, to look at their own policies and make sure that they really are as green and as sustainable as they, as they say they are, and often as they think they are, but it's always worth re-examining and making sure you're doing the right thing. Well, I think that what you mentioned earlier on about getting involved and getting that first three months um, free, I mean, there's absolutely no harm in checking it out to see what you can do. How far are you away from where you want to be? Or do you even know where you want to be? How are people best um, informed to get in contact with you guys at Sustainable Travel Ireland? Um, The best way to get in touch with us is through the website, so sustainabletravelireland.ie. Or they can drop me an email if they'd like to have a call about membership or just to understand more about us. Um, my email is roisin at sustainabletravelireland.ie. Um, and when people join, we do a new member call. Um, we do it, It's like a mini education session where we really get into the detail of what sustainable tourism is and what we offer. Um, and then after that, we, we try to make it, we've got a step-by-step online process where they can work their way to certification in their own time and have access to all of those courses, as well as lots of free online webinars. Um, and we do hope to get back to in-person events soon as well. I'm sure it'll happen very, very soon. Uh, Roisin, I know you're heading out for the evening, so I won't keep you any longer. That's Roisin Finley from Sustainable Travel Ireland. Thanks for joining us this evening on Ecological. Thanks a million, Brian. You're more than welcome. Coming up after the break, we'll be talking to and finding out more about Mary White from Blackstairs Eco Trails. Stay with us. It's 25 past six. Carlo. Kilkenny. KCLR. You're very welcome back to Ecological here on KCLR. It's Brian Redmond with you until seven o'clock uh, this evening. Now, someone who knows a lot about both the environment and indeed ecotourism is former Green Party Minister Mary White, who owns and operates Blackstairs Eco Trails. Our producer here on the show, Etna Quirk caught up with Mary earlier today. Mary, we are here on KCLR for our ecological programme and we are discussing this week the topic of ecotourism. And obviously when you look at ecotourism for the Carlo Kilkenny area, you are one of the primary providers. Would you tell me a little bit about your work there in Blackstairs Eco Trails? Well, we're a gold accredited ecotourism destination and you have to undergo an audit every couple of years by the Global Sustainable Travel Criteria. It's a tough audit, 
and we've been very lucky to achieve gold every time we've um, been certified. And ecotourism is so important to us because the objective of ecotourism is to minimize the impact brought about by tourism on the environment. So the idea is to focus on uniting a couple of pillars like conservation, working with communities and sustainable development through the means of travel. So our guests know when they come to us that we're accredited, but also that we're a small, safe, sustainable ecotourism destination. And we aim to leave only our footprint on our land and in the work we do here with our foraging workshops and our shepherd's huts and our wild mushroom workshops. So it's a very inclusive brand. And I think as we go through all these collective storms we've suffered over the last few days and global warming and with climate change, people are realising that tourism has to be sustainable. You can't just fly around the world, zoom in and out, leave a mess and zoom back out again. It's about just being very respectful of the environment working with your local Tidy Towns Committee, the local Enterprise Office Call of Tourism, and people in the area who are in the business of tourism, and we're trying to encourage other local providers here in the Carlo Kilkenny area to join ecotourism and get certified and have what I would call a string of pearls in the area that people could choose these destinations that are very protective of biodiversity. Tell me about the kind of leave no trace mentality, I suppose, that we have have seen grow exponentially in recent times. Absolutely. Well, we're trainers with Leave No Trace and my daughter has worked with them for many years um, going into schools and delivering the Leave No Trace principles. It's about, you know, when you go for a walk, don't bring a plastic bottle of water with you. Bring a flask, which is renewable and you can use it time and time again. And make sure that you leave nothing on your hike or your walk or during a wildlife workshop. Make sure that your footprints are the only thing you leave. If you're having a picnic in the woods, you don't fling a banana skin into the woods and say, oh, well, nobody will find that. A banana skin takes years to break down. Uh, a plastic bottle takes even longer to break down. So the whole point is that if you defile a local environment, say here we're talking about the lovely Barrow Track or the Blackstairs Mountains and the Mount Leinster area, if you throw rubbish there, it's going to stay there. Somebody has to pick it up. Somebody has to clean it up. And you're really showing a tremendous disrespect to a most wonderful environment that we have locally. And I think if it's one thing that the pandemic has really shown is, is how important the local environment is to everybody since the COVID epidemic. People realise what a wonderful place we have and we shouldn't be rubbishing it. Absolutely. And I think I know personally for me, I found places during the pandemic that I didn't know existed or that had always been there that I had intended to visit with the kids and never got around to it. So I think that kind of 5K focus, um, if there's any plus to take from the last couple of years, for me, it's certainly been becoming more aware of what's available right on our doorsteps here in Carlow and Kilkenny. We have so many beautiful sites, so much fabulous countryside. Absolutely. And even, you know, if you don't travel to the really noted beauty spots like uh, the Blackstairs, Mount Leinster, 
um, <clears throat> Knock Row or down the Barrow Track, the number of beautiful grassy lanes that we have in this South Carlo area where you can wander off the track and just explore these delightful places with very little traffic, very low impact of people there with cars or walking. And it is absolutely a gem of Carlo, this particular part of South County Carlo. We have a lot of lovely oak trees around here, uh, particularly around the Boris House estate. Beautiful Scots pines growing in the Blackstairs Mountains, wonderful bogs, tremendous wild flora and fauna, but we've got to protect it. You mentioned some of the lovely trees we have locally, and I was particularly interested to talk to you about your foraging experience. Can you tell me a little bit about foraging, what it involves, and who goes for a route in the bushes? Foraging is as old as time. Our Celtic forebears were the greatest foragers, as you could imagine, because there was no Lidl or Aldi or Supervalue in those days in 800 BC, people had to hunt for their food and look for their food. And as a result, they knew the names of every berry and every plant and every leaf and every mushroom. But we've lost that connection with what is growing safely, wildly around us. And on our foraging workshops, we introduce people who uh, who may never have gone foraging or people who want to know more about foraging and maybe have done a little bit about the benefits of wild safe food. And it is absolutely amazing how delicious things are out there, even at the moment, that you can learn to pick and learn to to identify safely. Because what you're eating, you've got to make sure that it is safe to eat because you're ingesting it into your system. I know um, myself and the kids often head out and pick blackberries and take them home and make muffins. And they absolutely love that connection with their food. Children are born foragers. There's nothing they like better than going out and picking blackberries, as you say, are picking dandelions and eating the little dandelion flower heads which are quite safe to eat picking bunches of primroses and bringing them into their mums and saying what is this and we have to make sure that our children or our grandchildren have that great connection to biodiversity and sticking wildflowers in a jam jar for their mums on the kitchen table what could be better and learning the names of things that are safe to eat and and Carlo has a very very rich wonderful biodiversity with incredible berries and nuts and seeds and leaves out there so we have great fun on these foraging workshops and people go home with recipes they also cook up what they find we call it find it pick it cook it eat it and that's a good kind of uh, summary of what we do on the workshops fantastic and look stargazing i know i'm a country girl myself so there's nothing like the sky at night without the pollution of lights absolutely and uh, people who come foraging with us or stay in our award-winning shepherd's hut we offer a stargazing experience for them We have nice chairs that they can sit out in the middle of our big field with no light pollution at all and they can look up in the sky and we supply hot flasks of gorgeous drinking chocolate and nice marshmallows and they can sit wrapped up in rugs looking up at the stars and disconnecting from the world of computers and mobile phones and Xboxes, etc. and just be at one with nature looking at the stars and perhaps hearing a stag roaring in the black stairs or hearing a fox calling to a mate, uh, particularly at this time of the year, in the woods. And it really slows you down, brings you back to nature. You find your heartbeat resting, your blood pressure naturally goes down, and it's a wonderful, calming experience. 
And we find with our foraging workshops or Celtic tree trails or people staying in our huts, they just want to get out of the cities. They just want to unplug and they want to really engage their children in something natural that's something local and you don't have to spend a fortune on. So what sort of people come and visit you there? We get everybody from all over the world. Uh, <clears throat> two years ago, we had people from outer Mongolia, would you believe? Wow. Unbelievable. We get people from all over Western Europe, uh, America and England. And we get a lot of Irish people coming to stay with us. In fact, most of our workshops are nearly booked up now for this year, which is fantastic. And people come and stay with us. They're from all walks of life from the very young to the seriously old and to those in the prime of life in their 80s and 90s. You'd be surprised who comes here from every corner of the world. And it is just to do something simple, to do something that is in our DNA, going out foraging, having a lovely three-course organic lunch in our eco-barn, learning how to cook up and make and preserve what we find from the wild. And it's what our grandparents did and our great-grandparents did. And it's a lovely connection to the past. And I can see an exponential growth in simple, sustainable tourism for Carlo. It is definitely increasing with every year that we've been in business. Mary, where can people find more information about your offerings? Everything is on our website, www.blackstairsecotrails.com. or email me at info at blackstairsecotrails.ie and I'll reply to every single email. I'd be delighted to hear from people. Thank you so much. And look, I know you do civil ceremonies and hen parties, so there's loads. You've got loads on offer there. We have indeed. We do elegant hen parties for elegant brides. A lot of weddings coming up now because of cancellation over COVID. So we welcome these girls and teach them how to enjoy foraging and do something very simple and natural for their hen party. Love it. Love it. Listen, Mary, thank you so much for your time here on Ecological and we wish you continued success there and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you very much indeed and it's great you're doing a programme on ecotourism. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. Mary White there talking to producer Ethna Quirk a little bit earlier on today about all the fabulous work up at Blackstairs Eco Trails. In just a moment, I'll be talking to Mike Buchel from Kilkenny Eco Tours. You're listening to KCLR's Ecological with Brian Redmond in association with Lahart's Volkswagen. Discover the all-electric Volkswagen ID range at lahartsvolkswagen.ie. Now you're very welcome back to Ecological. One of the other businesses that we've got, we've had one from Carlo. I suppose we had to keep things balanced up. I'm joined in studio now by Mike Buchel from Kilkenny Eco Tours. You're very welcome along and thanks for popping in to us this evening, Mike. Thanks, Brian. Nice well, to be here. Kilkenny Eco Tours obviously offer you know full day and half day ecotourism canoe tours on a very picturesque stretch of the River Nor between Thomastown and Inishtig. Um How did you get involved in in, in uh, running those tours? Are you from the out area, or is it uh, something that you've always just wanted to do? Well, both actually, um, Brian. I'm from basically halfway between Thomastown and Inishtig, Brown's Barn near Brown's Barn Bridge there. My brother still has a, a farm there. <coughs> so I live in a Thomastown at the moment. And I lived in, in America for a long time, and then I came back, and I did a course in Great Namana, Outdoor Pursuits, which was yeah. about a canoeing, oh, about seven years ago, maybe. And um, after that, yeah, i done some canoeing, a little bit more training, and uh, decided, well, 
I actually went down to buy a kayak one day. <laughs> you sound like you're going to tell me a story now. Go on. Well, I went down to buy the kayak. And you bought ten of them? Buy, no, yeah, six. <laughs> six, yeah, it wasn't far six. off. Canadian canoes, you know. There's obviously good salesmen down there. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about that stretch of the River Nore itself. I mean, why that stretch? I said, I obviously, you know it. You know it quite well. Um, but there's a lot of interesting points along that river, isn't there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um like I know it very well because I was being honest since I was like a kid like six or seven years of age but in between Thomastown and Inistique and then from Inistique down farther on the tidal water there's a lot of interesting historic cultural features and uh, a lot of uh, nature yeah, and ecology and stuff so you know you got Grennan Castle you got Dysart Castle Coolmore House nice uh, Georgian house and then across the river you got Bronze Barn house which is really nice uh, Victorian house so, like, there's a good few period homes down along there and all those different sites they can all be seen from the river yeah like for instance Coolmore house and Bronze Barn house you got a really interesting kind of contrast between the Victorian neo-gothic uh, Victorian style house and the Palladian style Georgian on the other side yeah right across so <laughs> You know, it's, and then of course you got Dysart Castle, which was the birthplace of um, George Berkeley, who's like a very famous philosopher, and you know Grenon Castle up there, which was the first Norman building in uh, Thomastown. So apart from being an ecologist, a legal, how do you even say that word? An ecologist, you have to be a bit of an historian to run to run a business like yeah, this, don't you? You have to be able to, you know, talk about. The history and the culture and the ecology. Like I lo- learned a lot of ecology recently from the Norvision um, organization that run ran courses. It's like funded by Leader, and um, they had a good few courses and also trained us trained us up to test the water. Yeah, yeah. As in pollution, and we done a lot of samples there. So we'll come on to talk about the river and, and keeping the quality of the river in a state that it that it should be kept about in, in just a couple of moments. But first of all, tell me about the type of people that would come to visit you and go on tours. Is it all locals who've always wanted a trip down the river or is there's it, those. generally speaking, American tourists pre-COVID that well, would have yeah. been coming over? Yeah, I had some from America there last year, the year before, and they said they had done the Colorado River. Uh, 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 <laughs> they didn't look like they were... <laughs> <laughs> Capable of going down no. the, the rapids. But there is a couple of weirs on the river on, yeah. on the route that you would actually take, isn't there's there? There's no... There's old weirs. There's one, two, two or three weirs, but none of them are actually hazardous. Okay, yeah. Like that's the thing about that stretch of river between Thomastown and Estee. There's no dangers. Yeah. Hazards in lowish water, you know, when the water gets high like it is now. It's obviously quite dangerous. Yeah, so it's, it's about knowing that stretch of river and you've grown up on it anyway. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's without hazard, really. That's the great thing about it. It's very scenic and it's safe. Yeah, because you don't have to have canoe skills necessarily to no. come on, on on that tour with you guys. You don't. Obviously, you've got all the safety equipment in place, a little bit of basic yeah. training for the guys as they get in exactly. as to how to steer and paddle and control them along the way and make sure they don't get up to messing and everybody should be safe enough through the process. Yeah, 100% safe, actually, yeah. Um, you know, it's you, you give them a bit of safety advice, stay away from the trees, mm. stay together, keep within a line of sight. You know, the rest, you give them a few uh, basic paddle strokes, and they're off. Yeah. And, you know, anybody can do it, really. Well, obviously, the whole programme is about the environment. How healthy is the environment of the river down there at the moment? Well, that's a good question there, Brian. Um, 
It's only moderate. You know, we tested the water uh, down the Kings River from Kells down to Mount Juliet and from Bennis Bridge down to Innesteeg. Yeah. And really, it's it's only moderate. And would you have historical information to compare that against or is it just the particular readings that you would have gotten when you did the testing and stuff like that? As far as I know, uh, there may be the, the Department of the Environment or EPA or somebody has historical stuff, but this citizen science thing with Norvision really only started last year, testing the water. So, like, um, we done all those tests and there was a good few people involved, you know, yeah. a few dozen people maybe t- testing all over the place in little streams. So all I know is from last year, but... I can tell you, it hasn't improved since I was a kid. Yeah, it's been the same for the... <laughs> well, it's got been, it's got worse. Yeah. You know, for instance, there's less trout. The trout, I don't know where they are, like they're seemingly still there, like maybe, but the, the insects are not there. The insects are not hatching. Yeah. You don't see the swarms of insects in like the mayfly and, and all the sedges and whatever that you used to, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And continuing on from that, you did a, a, a great piece of work last year, I think you said, where you went along and actually had that stretch of river cleaned the banks and everything else, and you took one and a half tonnes of rubbish away from the river banks and the river itself. Yeah, like we got together about eight or ten of us, and we spent like five days maybe. So what that, five, eight, four, yeah, four, four, 40 man days, days, yeah, yeah man days cleaning up the river between Thomastown and Steeg and we collected maybe 70 bags of rubbish and then um, big things like car bumpers and wagon pipes and yeah you know shopping baskets and <laughs> yeah all the stuff that you would expect tires that kind of thing yeah through in the canoes obviously a lot of plastics as well well a huge amount of plastic like the, pa- the that's what set me off first was seeing all this plastic hanging out of the trees, out of the branches of the trees, you go around the corner and there's a big lump of yellow plastic or orange plastic or blue plastic or black plastic bag or a sh- you know, white shopping bag and it's just, it ruins the whole The scenery. whole look and the view, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about sustainable tourism, isn't it? You know, you have that beautiful amenity within the locality, but if it's not used, it could be allowed to wilt away and to perish and to to, to, to fall into ruin. Weird word to choose about a, a river stretch, I suppose. But if you can use it, it gives you the need and the means to actually keep it intact and to improve it in any way possible and therefore makes it more of an attraction for other people to come and use. Yeah. Somebody has to start that process off. If generally falls to, to small business owners like you, particularly within this industry, um, that are starting off that business. It, where do you see it going in terms of the quality of the river over the next few years? Is it going to continue to fall up to, to small landowners and small business owners um, like yourself that are using these amenities to keep them clean? Well, yeah, like hopefully we'll, we'll do it again this year and, you know, get some of the plastic built up over the winter, or, or, you know, out of it again but you know the, the water quality is kind of out of our control as such we can talk about it on the kind of this program or we yeah. can talk about it among ourselves or whatever but you know it's really government policy and regulations that that determine what the quality of the water is going to be like you know it's run off from agriculture it's you know from intensive farming tillage farming dairy farming mm. Uh, that's you know probably the major thing yeah 
um, that's affecting the water quality, nitrates and other kinds of pollution going into it in pesticides. Mm. Um, and then it's, you know, sewage from towns, you know, businesses, factories. So it's regulation and it's basically... You know, we can, I know there's Norvision and there's no, there's uh, Keep Kilkenny Beautiful and people involved in that kind of thing and other people, but, <clears throat> you know, it's it's really down to regulation, policy and enforcement. Yeah, yeah, and then everybody doing their little bit along each stretch of the riverway as well. Exactly, yeah. You're obviously not in the water at the moment, I mean, with the temperatures in the winter and stuff like that. When will the season sort of kick off for you and how has the season been affected over the last couple of years with the pandemic? Um, probably April, you know, the water levels will get down and the water, you know, the weather will get a bit warmer. Mm. No fun if you're cold. Yeah, yeah especially you if you're know? out for a four or five hour uh, canoe trip. That would definitely get the bones frozen up a little bit. So yeah. probably about April time, you reckon. And uh, do, you, do you expect it to be a lot busier this year than it has been in well, previous years? It's hard to know. You know, I'm, you know, I'm very small, mm. uh, you know, business at, at the moment. And... Um, you know, last year, the year before last wasn't so bad. Last year got, it wasn't so bad, you know, when the kind of lockdowns what? ceased or whatever. Yeah. Last year, June and July were a little busy. Then August, the first few weeks in August were busy and then nothing after the, yeah. the middle of August. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you had you, after the middle of August, probably all the kids were back in school, and you, you certainly didn't have the same sort of tourist uh, sort of shoulder period in September that you would have had in previous years because there was very few people travelling, if any, at that time of year. How yeah. can people find out more about you? I mean, it's obviously called Kenny Eco Tours. You've got your own website, you've got your own Facebook page, and all the usual social media stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know how people. I've got reviews on TripAdvisor and Facebook and uh, Google. Like, I haven't been promoting myself that hugely, you know, so, you know, I'm kind of taking it easy and taking it as it comes as such. Yeah, you sound like you are, that's for sure. You don't, <laughs> not particularly stressed <laughs> about it. That That's one thing for sure. Well, um, you know, it's, it, it, like I was telling you last night or whatever, it's, um, there's more to it, more involved in it than what meets the eye. You just don't get In terms of all the prep and everything else. Water throw a lot of people into them and well listen it's great to have you doing all that work in terms of uh, offering some a service to the local community and tourists and everybody else in between as well and apart from every but every you know all the services that you're offering to the people that come and visit you keeping that little stretch of the river clean so so keep up the great work and if people do want to find out more of you they can check out your website it's kennyecotours.com isn't it Dot .ie. .ie, there you go, supporting Irish as well. Yeah. That is Mike Buchel from Kilkenny Eco Tours. If you fancy a half-day trip along that particular stretch of the River Nor, give them a shout-out and check in with them. Well, that's just about time for all we've got this evening on the uh, Ecological Show here on KCLR. We've got lots more segments to come over the next few weeks, so do stay in tune to us. We'll be touching in about things like, for example, the farming. We'll be talking about retrofitting houses and all that still to come. We're not quite finished here this evening but do stay with us while we take a short little ad break making a change for good kclr's ecological in association with la Hartz volkswagen discover the all-electric volkswagen id range at la volkswagen.ie you're very welcome back to ecological it's brian redmond with you until seven o'clock when mallow keith will be in for the farm show here on kclr before the outbreak i was talking to mike buka from kilkenny eco tours i got mike to stay in studio because we were just having a little chat there during the ad break about what he 
describes as a, a soft adventure tour down the river, isn't it, Mike? Suitable for kids from sort of the age of seven, seven, eight years of age up. What's a soft adventure? Well, soft adventure is kind of easy going stuff, Brian. You know, it's not, you know, mountain climbing, rock climbing, that kind of thing, or paragliding, or... You were saying there's a bit of a buzz in certain parts of the river. Well, with soft adventure, that stretch of river kind of lends itself to it, because, the, hard, like, hard adventure would be going down right while rafting. Yeah, 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 it's not that, sure, it's something not. crazy, you know, yeah. but, like, there's about maybe 15, 20 little sets of rapids you know, the the um, river varies between ponds, kind of still stretches, yeah. and then little riffles or rapids. So there's about, you know, 15, 20 of them. Some are bigger than others, but yeah. none of them are crazy, but they do give you a little buzz, especially... And you were saying the, ha- the half-day tour doesn't require, for example, like even your full-day tour is only described as requiring moderate fitness, whereas like the half-day tour, f- complete beginners could take on that challenge oh, yeah, of that four hours, because I mean, be you're obviously downriver the whole time rather than upriver, or maybe you are. Yeah, well, like I said to people, like, you'll get to Innesig eventually if you don't do anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, just down, <laughs> like the oldest person we had was 84. Yeah. And... Uh, they paddle down easily enough and you know seven is the youngest really because you know the attention spans apart from anything else at seven years of age yeah, they'll probably well, be looking for a mobile phone somewhere water, like the chances are he's going to be laughing when he gets out but you know a five year old yeah yeah go the other way yeah, yeah that, that little bit of shock well my, I'll tell you a little story my last experience of canoeing was only about eight months ago um, up in Casacoma Discovery Park on the yeah. little lake myself and uh, my youngest was in one of the Canadian canoes they've got up there and my son and my wife were in the other one and two of us ended up soaking wet and it wasn't me but I mean there's a bit of fun in it and stuff like that as well they got out and they had a little bit of a laugh so it's uh, it's something for all ages you're saying yeah well if you fall out Exactly, it's talking point. It gives you a bit of a, you know, something to talk about after the day. You know what? And listen, who goes canoeing for the day and expects to stay dry anyway? Most people, I tell them, you know, it's good to stay dry and they like to stay dry. But yeah, like these things are fairly stable. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't fall out unless you hit a rock or do something really, you know, yeah, messy. erratic. <laughs> so you should stay dry. Like, you know, eighty percent of people stay dry. And will they bring picnics with them and stuff like yeah, that as well? Yeah, like we have a picnic halfway. Yeah. Across from Dysart Castle. Right. So, I tell them bring bring food and the picnics. We stop for an hour or so and, you know, talk about the castle and just generally about the ecology and the history and the other kind of things. Yeah, and who wants to be eating soggy sandwiches, of course. <laughs> well, this is it. You know, <laughs> as far as rain and falling in the water con- is concerned, you know, I really like if they didn't fall in the water or get wet. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy the day much. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure having you in studio. And if you do, uh, if you do want to check him out, you don't fancy soggy sandwiches. Kenny Eco Tours is definitely the way to go. That's just about it for this evening's ecological here on KCLR. And um, it's been a pleasure keeping your company. Matt O'Keefe, as I said, is along with Martin Bridgman for the farm show after the news at seven o'clock. And we'll have another edition for the show for you this time next week. KCLR's ecological in association with La Hearts Volkswagen. Discover the all-electric Volkswagen ID range at laheartsvolkswagen.ie